Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Emma. Hi, Brittany. So today I want to continue a conversation we have started in previous episodes, and we've done a few of these, but I want to talk about another logical fallacy. Mm. fallacies for, you know, just a refresher, basically false ways of thinking, right? We say a lot of times that we don't here want to tell you what to think. We want to tell you how to think, right? And part of that is combating bad ways of thinking. And logical fallacies highlight, you know, these really flawed ways of thinking. And we've gone through a couple. Let's see. I think you and I did appeal to emotion. Mm -hmm. Connor and I did straw man. So we've done a couple of them. So I want to talk about one today called false cause, which I actually think we're all guilty of. And I've said this on a few of these. I think we're all guilty of most of them. And the point here is not to be like, oh my goodness, I'm so dumb for for thinking this way. It's to say, oh, I do this myself or oh, like this person does that. How can I step back and, and stop this way of thinking? So remember that like when we're talking about these, obviously everyone does these. Everybody has like silly ways of thinking sometimes. So today I want to talk about something called false cause. And there is a saying that says correlation does not always equal causation. And that is essentially how to combat this. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to use an example. If someone says statistically women make less than men, so obviously this means our system is inherently sexist. You know, we hate women. And Mm -hmm. we hear this a lot. Like this might sound like some outlandish thing, but we hear this all the time. I can't tell you how many times I go anywhere and you hear like women say like, all right, well, you make, you know, we only make 80 cents on the dollar. <laughs> we only make 80 cents for every dollar men make. Now, in my professional experience, that has not been the case. Um, and there's also reasons for this. It's not that everybody hates women. That is not, that's not the problem. <laughs> you know, people say this, talk show hosts say this, and like you see everyone nodding their head in agreement. Even women who win Academy Awards get up and start saying like, we need to make as much as men. It's like a big thing. All right. So if you look at just the statistics that say men or women make less than men, you'd be like, all right, well, women get paid less than men. That's obviously because we're naturally biased against them, right? Like that sounds it sounds fair, I think. Mm-hmm. But actually, this is not true at all. And as we talked about in another episode, the gender wage gap is propagated or like that's like it continues to be believed because it's based on a false premise, which is, you know, logical fallacy. We assume that the workforce is biased against women just because women get paid less, but that's not the case. In fact, what a lot of economists have found is that women often prefer to take less pay in exchange for flexibility. So to say like to leave work early and pick their kids up from school, or maybe they want to work part-time because again, they have kids at home or, or whatever that may be. There's other data that actually suggests that women simply don't ask for more money. So there's a whole book called Lean In that is actually by somebody that's not necessarily like a libertarian or anything. She's just a businesswoman. And she talks about how part of the problem is women just aren't asking for more pay. There was an actress, Robin Wright Penn, um, who instead of letting her co-star make more money, who was a man, she went to her producers with all the statistics on how well she was doing, like all the data, like, oh, people are actually watching the show for me, not for the guy. Mm -hmm. And she went in to her boss and said, you should pay me more because this, this, and this. A lot of women don't do that. And I hope somebody listening isn't saying like, well, I would do that. Okay, that's great. Some women do. I know I don't. (laughs) I am like a coward when it comes to asking for more money. I hate it, but that's part of the problem, right? So, So these things are not because, so to get back to the original thing, 
women getting paid less is not a result of like society just disliking women, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we call a correlation, not a causation. So a correlation meaning there's some – it's almost like a coincidence, right? Like, okay, these things are both Mm -hmm. true, but that doesn't mean one of them caused the other thing. So Emma, can you think another of another one of these, you know, flawed ways of thinking these – what is it called? Cause, false cause? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like a huge example that a lot of people talk about and it's in the news and it's more political, but it can also be more superstitious or even kind of silly. Like maybe you have a certain shirt that you wear every time you play basketball with your friends and every time you wear the shirt, you win. That's great for you, but then maybe you might start assuming that you're winning because you're wearing the same shirt and then it has nothing to do with your actual basketball skills. Which I do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not like with basketball. I definitely don't play basketball, but I have little yeah. things like that that I do. Everyone's got like their lucky shirt or their yes. favorite pencil or whatever it might be, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean that wearing the same shirt means you're going to win every time, and that's that's just a coincidence, and this is a sillier example But like you mentioned in the beginning, Brittany, this is sometimes used in very serious policy areas to convince people that one thing causes another when it doesn't. And it's it's kind of like they'll create these boogeyman scenarios where the government needs to come in and fix everything out of literally thin air. They're just making these things up sometimes. And we see this a lot with politicians as well. Um, We have a Tuttle Twins Guide to Logical Fallacies, and it says, Um, Here's a little passage from it. Imagine that you are in a conversation with your Uncle Mike. He claims that every time a Republican becomes president, the economy gets much worse. Therefore, Republican presidents are bad for the economy. For one, to some extent, this can be a coincidence. Second, Mike would have to demonstrate that the economy actually always gets much worse when a Republican is in office. But mainly this claim fails to take into consideration a vast amount of other factors that can affect the economy such as policies enacted by previous presidents, Congress, the public, and the private sector. This example can also be reversed, as presidents generally like to take all the credit for when the economy is doing well. When job creation is up and unemployment is down, presidents like to claim that the policies they enacted must have been the cause without providing any real evidence. They essentially claim that because the economy is doing well and they are president, they caused the economy to do well. This is bad reasoning and an extremely oversimplified explanation for the ups and downs of an economy. Remember that demonstrating a relationship between two events requires related facts to back up the claim. It's funny because you also see presidents do this when the economy isn't doing well. Like I don't know if you remember the tweet the Biden administration did right before 4th of July. And it was like the cost of like a hot dog. I can't even remember what was it. What was like – yeah, they they tweeted it was basically this slideshow and it was like five different things that you might buy for your barbecue. And it was like a bag of potato chips, a pack of hot dogs, a container of ground beef and a few other things. And they said that the average cost of these items was down by 16% since Biden had taken office the year before, which is funny for a bunch of reasons because on one hand it's kind of like well, you're printing trillions of dollars, yeah, right. so that 16 cents isn't really going to do very much. But then also it's it's like, well, what do you think you had to do with that? Even if it, the price did go down, like 
what are you talking about, dude? That was that was ridiculous. Well, what's even funnier too is like people were saying like that's not even true. <laughs> like grocery yeah. like costs are soaring right They're now. So much higher. They've yeah. been soaring for a while. And so it, it's just funny to me what people try to take credit for. I'm trying to think of these more correlation is not equal causation examples because it happens all the time, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know, Emma, do, can you think of anything off the top of your head? Gosh, I mean, any basically any government policy where they'll, <laughs> they'll say like, oh, corporations are causing people to not be able to afford to feed their families. Like they'll just throw things out like that out of nowhere. And, you know, maybe if you had something to back that up, like if it really did come out that Jeff Bezos is like stealing money from people, that would be that would be pretty bad. But you can't just say things and then not actually back them up with any proof. So there's there's all this fear mongering that happens and and people throwing out these wild statements and trying to connect the dots where they don't really connect. Um, a big one that I that I see is like companies taking advantage of people. Mm. And in reality, it's like, well, people people sign up for jobs and they understand what they're going to get paid. They understand the benefits. And maybe, you know, maybe we want to create more opportunities for people. But the fact that that there are, you know, people who don't make a lot of money is not the fault of the companies employing them. So there's kind of it's it's almost like this blame game where the causation and correlation People just connect things that they just want to demonize, you know, a group of people or something in the economy or a company. And it it happens constantly. Once you start like paying attention for this, guys, just listen to the radio when you're watching TV, when you hear people talking about the news, you're going to start noticing it and it's going to start driving you crazy because you will realize how little people actually bring the facts into the claims that they're making. That's absolutely right. And I actually just thought of another one, which, you know, when we, and this is more war on terror, which is still happening, but I think Mm -hmm. for the younger kids, they may not know it as well as all the other things going on these days. But, you know, they used to tell us that the reason the Middle East was, or like Taliban people that were bombing us is because they hated us for our freedoms. And, you know, people would be like, oh, well, I mean, we're being bombed. They hate us for our freedoms. That seems to make sense. And they weren't looking at the facts that, one, we were actually bombing them first. Right. We were occupying their countries first. And, you know, that's why. So it was this, like, correlation. Well, obviously they hate us for, you know, for our freedom. (laughs) Clearly. Of course, the government took care of that because after the war on terror, they just took away our freedom. So I guess nobody hates us now. But I was going to say the TSA. The TSA likes to claim that they're always stopping terrorist attacks when, in reality, I don't think they have proof that they've ever stopped one. No, on the contrary, right? They're, like, doing a worse job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty insane. But you, when you start to look around, you'll start noticing these things, and it is it is pretty crazy how people will try to make up reasons for things. And uh, once you know, you know, and then you will be able to avoid that, uh, avoid doing it on your own. So there you go. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing, right? So for all these logical fallacies, and this is the reason we talk about them, the the cure is the same, right? The remedy to these all these problems are critical thinking. And that's what we've lost in in our, I mean, education system really is we don't teach people, like I said, how to think. We teach them what to think. We give them an agenda. And and what we should be teaching is, you know, how to see through these logical fallacies. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're not someone who's homeschooled, if you go to school, you should listen to your teachers and say, all right, is my teacher, you know, using a logical fallacy? And that does not mean you should raise your hand and tell your teacher they're wrong, even if they are, because that might (laughs) not go over well. Right? Your parents might get called. It might turn into a whole thing. But... (laughs) 
you know, it's good to see these things and say, okay, I see that this is wrong now. So critical thinking, remember that just because two things are connected does not mean they're actually connected. Look for the facts. I think I said this in one of the very first episodes we ever did, go on a treasure hunt, right? Find the facts mm-hmm. yourself and make it fun. So that would be my my remedy, my prescription for seeing through these logical fallacies. Totally. And another thing too, you kind of touched on this just now and made me think of this is you, you have to also learn how to respond to logical fallacies and how to actually like talk to people about them because it is not fun. I've been on the other end of this where someone just goes, ah, straw man fallacy when you're talking about something. Oh my goodness. Just they use the logical fallacy against you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they just say, oh, well, that's a straw man fallacy. And, you know, props to them for, I guess, being able to identify those things. But it's not enough to just know what fallacies are. You have to actually understand how to how to respond to them and how to, you know, when you're in a debate, how do you win a debate without just pointing a finger and calling names? Because that's that's basically what it is. So we're yep. teaching you guys how to identify these now. But the next step is start reading into these things and start maybe looking into joining a debate team if, if you're old enough and if there's something like that in your area. There are all sorts of ways you can learn to basically flex that muscle and, and learn how to think critically and debate and go back and forth with people because like Brittany said, that's something that's really lacking in our world right now and that's not being taught to, um, to the next generation really. So it's kind of on you to have to learn those things which on one hand is kind of a bummer, but then on the other, it's like, well, at least you're getting the chance to learn now because a lot of people aren't. So that's that's kind of what I'll leave you guys with. Brittany, do you have anything else to add? Nope. You said, said everything I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.